Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Greetings and welcome to episode 256 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. And I'm Barbara. What's happening, Barb? How are you? I've got teeth coming out everywhere, Elvis. <laughs> very, very busy. That's a medical problem I think yeah. you should get looked at. Yowza. Yeah. What do you think accounts for this busyness? It's not like... I have no idea, but yeah. maybe because we're really good. Stop. I... I've told you this before. If you <laughs> mess it up, they won't send you more work. <laughs> Anyhow, we are super excited because this weekend is LMT Lab Day Chicago. So we are geared up and excited to see everybody again. You know what, Elvis? I can't wait. I'm ready. Awesome. So hopefully the people that are listening to this episode, they're doing it either, you know, before you head out or you're actually headed to Chicago, you know, and you're listening to this on your way to the big show. Probably not Monday, maybe on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, not many people go in on Monday. That'd be a little early. Right. That would be an overachiever. (laughs) And because we only have a few days before so many wonderful people in our industry gather for the biggest event of the year, Barb and I have a few things to remind everybody of. Again. Again. Yeah, it's not like it's the first time you've heard it, but there is one big surprise we want to talk about. All right. So first, in case you've been living under a rock or you're a mole person, Barb and I will be in the Ivaclar Grand Ballroom on Friday and Saturday, recording everyone and anyone willing to sit down and be on the podcast. You can be anyone that has anything to do with the dental lab world. And just because we're in the Ivaclar Ballroom and they're allowing us to set up, if you're from another company, you're still allowed to come and sit down. It's okay. We're all part of the same family. Also, if you're a past guest... We'd love for you to come back by, stop by, and give everybody an update on what you've been doing since your last episode was released. So just because you've been on before doesn't mean you can't come on again. And if you're too much of an introvert and you're too nervous to record, please, 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 still stop by and say hi. We'd love to meet you. Because Ivaclar has been so amazing and great to us, they have made a special gift for anybody that sits down and records with us. Or visits the Influencer Corner. So if you want to know what the Influencer Corner is, listen to last week's episode. You're dinging. <laughs> I know. You will get a limited edition Voices from the Bench in Ivaclar Winter Beanie. I want one of those really bad. They are first come, first serve. They will run out because everybody's going to sit down with us. So keep your noggin warm while in Chicago. There's a limited number, minus two, one for you and one for me. <laughs> Yeah. And for the super fans of the podcast, and you know we love you, don't forget to go to the NOAC Dental Supplies booth and tell them that you're a fan to get your either Team Just Saying sticker or Team Holy Schmoly sticker (laughs) so other fans of the podcast y'all can find each other. And if you do go to the NOAC Dental Supply booth on Saturday, you'll have a chance to meet this week's podcast guests. Right. Yeah, so speaking of, this week we talked to Anas Afana. He's from Ace Dental Lab in Omaha, Nebraska. Anas has a very interesting story about becoming a dental technician. A story so interesting and unique that he wrote a new book called Destined to Fail. 
This is a great book and a great story about all the hardship and success that took Anas from being the son of a diplomat to end up in Iowa, out of all places to come to America, at Kirkwood Technical College and their dental laboratory program. Anas talks about his family, coming to America, finding friends in school, falling in love with dental technology, working at a few different labs, and he's got some great stories, and then eventually opening up his own to control his own future. If you've read the book, great, you'll love the conversation. If you have not read the book, great, you're going to want to after you hear this. Heck yeah. So join us as we chat with Anas Afana, the author of Destined to Fail. Did you know that Ivaclar has a whole new generation of lab scanners? The new Progress Scan PS3 and PS5 provide true-to-detail, high-resolution, and accurate scans for coordinated digital workflows that are precise, fast, and of course, always accurate. The PS3 and PS5 are powered by the popular and intuitive dental CAD software from ExoCAD. Whether you're looking for your first scanner to upgrade or add to your existing scanners, the PrograScan may be the one for you. So customize your digital journey. Reach out to your friendly Ivaclar sales representative to select a scanner that matches the needs of your lab. Do it today. Let them know you heard about it on the podcast, as we always appreciate your support, Ivaclar. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. So we're excited today to welcome a dental technician that actually has a book out. Now let me just kind of explain how I found you, Anas. Brandy Nowak, the better half of the Nowak Dental Supply. True that. (laughs) Brandy reached out to me and says, hey, have you ever heard of this guy and sent me your name? And I said, well, no, what's up? And she mentioned that you wrote this book mm-hmm. about your life growing up as a son of a diplomat. And she said, you really need to have him on the podcast. Well, we're easy. So I'm like, let's do it. Here's a guy <laughs> that wrote a book and is a dental technician. And we're excited to welcome Anas Afana. Yep, that is correct. I'm sorry. Anas I just... Afana. No, it's not an easy name. Anas Afana from Ace Dental Lab in nebraska right omaha nebraska <laughs> omaha nebraska see this yeah. is awesome. this is great anas welcome yeah. to the program how are you sir thank you thank you i'm i'm great i'm great thank you so much for having me yeah so just just real quick and i want to kind of mm-hmm. disclaimer this okay i learned about you and i knew about your book and i kind of put it off for a while I don't know, four days ago, you asked me if I read the book, and I was like, no, I got too much to do. I do the podcast. And then on Sunday, I said to myself, ah, what the heck? I blew through this book in two days. What a great book. I really was, I was really into it. Now, this is the first podcast where, I don't don't know, am I allowed, are we allowed to talk spoilers? I'm not exactly sure how this works. I I, I will go with whatever you want. I'll talk about whatever you want. But yeah, there are a couple of points in the book that probably should not talk about and just let people read it. Exactly. uh, That's what I'm worried about. I almost wish I didn't read it 
just so I wouldn't <laughs> want to spoil it. But yeah. <laughs> eh, whatever. You tell me and we'll take it out. So, Anas, yeah, yeah. in your words, let's start how we start this podcast with everybody. So how did you get into the industry? Dental technician? Yeah. Um, I, when I was growing up, I have three other siblings. And unfortunately for me, I was the, the one that did not deliver good grades to my father. Uh, ah. My father is uh, one of the smartest humans uh, that you will ever speak to. And he demanded high grades. So my oldest sister is a doctor. My uh, brother is a, um, an engineer. And my other sister has a sociology degree. And they're all A students. And then there was me. <laughs> and I was, unfortunately, I was the athlete. I was not a book smart. Ah. And we're talking these days before ADD and and. And I just can't sit still and read or study. I just, and they didn't understand that. Yeah, it wasn't diagnosed. It wasn't diagnosed. (laughs) I just, I I couldn't study more than five minutes. And I just throw the book and I grab my soccer ball and I start juggling the ball. That's just what I did. And so by the time I got to high school, my mother and my cousin, who at that time was going to dental school, they were having a conversation. And my cousin told her, you know, there's this lab in college and they make crowns and I think Anas would be perfect for it because all of the projects I turn into school, whether it's wood carvings or whatever it was, that the teachers always called my mom and they asked who made this for him. Hmm. They would say he did. Wow. And so they just couldn't believe it. And so between the two of them, it was decided for me that I'm going to be a dental technician. And that's how I I never decided I was going to play soccer. So they thought that because you had such amazing skills with your hands, which Mm -hmm. I totally get, Mm -hmm. that it would make a very good pairing for you to go to dental technology school and make crowns. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, correct. My cousin is the one that suggested that to my mother back in 1992. And is he a dentist now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a dentist now. she's a dentist now. mm -hmm, She's a dentist now in Kansas City. Do you get her work? Uh, yeah, okay, I did. Good. I did. I did for a while. I did for a while. But then, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I did her work for years. But then I, I last year I told her, I said, you know, if we're going to stay good family, um, you know, we probably should not work together. And so yeah. <laughs> we agreed to to just not do each other's, you know. We don't want to have a business relationship. We're just going to stay family. That's, That's probably more wise than it should be. Listen, this is a this is a tough business. This is I'm telling you, I've been in the dental technician field. Well, I graduated in '96, so we're coming up here in 27 years, and it, this is not for the weak. This no. is a tough, tough business. And I, I got to mention when you mentioned that you went to high school, mm-hmm. you bribed your teachers with cigarettes. That was in middle school. That was in middle school. Okay. That was in middle school. That yes. is like, yeah, that's epic. It, it, <laughs> it, it, the 80s, again, it's the, it's the things that happened back then that would never fly today. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> it, you'd have to read the whole story, but being in, the, in a diplomat family, you get what's, you know, it's called diplomat protection, basically. And so nobody can touch you. Nobody can search your bags. I mean, you just, you, you're, you're just unstoppable <laughs> yep. and so yeah, we used to go back to jordan for the summer and i would buy cigarettes there of course uh, the age thing being 18 buying cigarettes that didn't exist in the middle east and still doesn't exist in the middle east yeah and so i would buy them and then smuggle them back to sudan where we were living and uh, use them to bribe teachers to get higher grades 
Smart man. <laughs> I was uh, I was eleven when I made my first trade. So <laughs> that'll age you real quick. <laughs> um, you know, I've I've always uh, liked negotiating, and um, I don't know, it, it just worked out really well for me. I watched my mom do it, and uh, she's the master of it, and so I learned to haggle from her. So Elvis is going to keep referencing the book, yes. but I want to go back to so. They nudged you into going to dental technology school. So then right. what? So did you go to school or did you go to the lab? Or No. Did, so did... at that time, we were living in Amman, Jordan. We moved back to Jordan in, in 1992. And so I finished the last two years of high school in Jordan. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, in the, in the two years, actually in, on my senior year, I made a professional soccer team, a local club. Yeah. And that was my plan. Uh, however... What I didn't know is my dad had his own plans for me, which I didn't know anything about. Yeah. So the very last day of high school uh, was the final exam and, you know, finished it, celebrating no more school forever. And uh, I go home and basically my dad tells me to pack my bag. And I said, pack my bag, pack my bag where? And he said, you're going to America tomorrow. One way ticket. Oh, my God. And I, I just turned 17 two weeks before that. So that's the thing. When I finished high school, two weeks before the end of it, I turned 17 while all my friends are turning 18 and 19. Yeah, mm-hmm. same here. Yep. And so I just turned 17. I didn't speak a word of English. And, and I found myself 24 hours later on a plane to the U.S. And from there, long story, but uh, I ended up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And he found a dental technician school, which is Kirkwood Community College. That's where I went. And again, long story, there are a lot of details there, but you can read about it. He dropped me off. Him and my brother-in-law dropped me off in the parking lot of the dorms two days before college started. And in Iowa, nobody moves in two days before. It was ghost town to say the least and so he drops me off my father had done back then is he paid for one semester of esl english as a second language at kirkwood and uh, he paid for one semester of dorms and he gave me 450 dollars cash in the parking lot and he looked at me and he says you're on your own now if you make it great if you don't you are destined to fail anyway and he left oh my god are you serious? That's how I started in the United States. That was that was August 20th, 1993. Do you still talk to him? <laughs> you have to read the book. That part, I'm going to leave it out. I'm gonna all right, yeah. all right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. How much English did you know at this point? He said nothing. It, it's okay. So, you know, I'll, let me give you an example that it will, will help you relate. So in the U.S., everybody studies in, uh, Spanish in high school, mm-hmm. right? You've studied the Spanish in high school. Sure. And then when, when high school is finished, imagine if I picked you up and I put you in Tijuana, Mexico, and I said, survive. Oh, yeah. That no, would not, not, not happen. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I knew words. I knew vocabulary, few things here and there. I have never put a complete sentence together talking to people. And the problem is when you study English the way we did back then, it's easy to to look at a paper and, you know, figure out where to put the I-N-G or E-D at the end of the word. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's almost like a puzzle that you just solve it without really thinking of knowing, you know, grammar. And books don't talk back to you. But when you're in, in Mexico and you're trying to use your words of Spanish and all of a sudden these people are talking back to you and your brain completely freezes. Yeah. It's just really difficult. The shock of the language alone was a disaster for me. Oh, so I can imagine. 
So back to the story. So you mm-hmm. basically got out of the car with your $450 cash, yep. had to find your room and start your life and yep. didn't know a whole hell of a lot of English and make your way through, huh? Yep, did not. The very next, uh, well, two days later when college started, one of the very first people I met, um, I kind of scanned the room and I saw this guy. I'm like, oh, this dude is from Jordan. I know it 100%. And I walked up to him. And he, he, he was from Jordan. I told him my story and he just basically looked at me in horror. He goes, you're, you're screwed. (laughs) You know, what's $450 going to do? Nothing. And so he said, you need a job and I know where you're going to work. And he took me to this, uh, restaurant that's owned by a Lebanese guy. Hmm. His name is Eli. And, uh, of course, back then I didn't have any papers. I had no idea that you need a permit. I have, I know nothing about the system here. Right. Other than I was just ditched and left, you know? Yeah. And so they asked me, well, I figured out that I can't legally work in the U S and so this Eli guy, he said, he'll hire me for $4 an hour, uh, washing dishes at an Italian restaurant. And I'm like, okay, I'll do it. So of course, you know, I started doing that. And uh, my friends would give me rides to work and back. I met a couple of friends that became my saviors back then. And basically just, yeah, well, I mean, start saving the money, bought my first car. And, you know, from there, just worked my way up. And there are things that I'm not very proud of and, you know, what I've done to make some money. And I, I, I was able to put some of them in the book. Uh, some I could not. And There's uh, other ones you couldn't put in the book? <laughs> oh, yeah, there are other ones. Yeah, I, I put the stuff that I can, um, <laughs> you know, crazy. like one of those like, statue of limitation is expired on them. <laughs> I mean, I didn't go, I didn't rob a bank or anything. No, you know, it sure. wasn't yeah. anything like that. It was just little pity, you know, things here and there. I know the ones you mentioned in the book were pretty eye-opening, like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know, and we'll leave those for people to read. It was, you know, the, that one is the... Yeah, I was able to put some of those, but there's definitely illegal stuff that I did and just trying to make money. I didn't I didn't know what else to do. But then though you got a job, which was brilliant. Mm-hmm. You found a guy from Jordan, super brilliant. So how did school go? Like you were in dental technology school, right? No, I had to take a full year of English first. To, okay. Yeah, I had to pass two levels of ESL in order to start in the dental oh. technician program. So I, I did a full year of English. So between doing that and my roommate who to this day will always be the most important human that i've ever met in the united states i don't know where i would be without him his name is jeff pepperoni jeff pepperoni jeff exactly <laughs> pepperoni you did read the book i'm so proud of you. <laughs> i'm proud yeah of yeah pepperoni too. jeff pepperoni jeff he's from iowa he's from a town called denver iowa and he literally took me under his wing and helped me in so many ways and so I don't know what I would be without him, honestly. We're still connected on Facebook, and I still, you know, chat with him once in a while. But, uh, yeah, he's he still lives in Iowa, and I live in Omaha. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. It was, uh, but, you know, I started dental technician school in uh, 94, 95 year, and then graduated in 96, two-year program. So let's talk about when school started. Mm-hmm. How did they introduce you to it? At what point did you say, I don't mind being here? <laughs> I, d- I didn't know anything about dental technician, nothing. Yeah. I never looked into it. I had no idea what I was signed up for. I just knew that this is what they wanted me to do. So I was just in a way, just trying to do it. And I have my friends ask me, why did you do it? Why didn't you do something else? And it's because I was too worried about trying to figure out how to survive. I didn't have the brain power to think of other majors. 
So this was a two-year thing, and I'll be done, and I'm good with it. And when, but when school started, and you know, we started pouring up models, and then we, you know, started waxing. Waxing um, was my thing, and to this day, it's my thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't just wax crowns; I can wax faces and carve them. I can send you a couple of pictures to to see. Uh, if I look at a picture, I can carve it. In, oh wow! In yeah. And I can't, I can't draw. That's the, that's the, the thing is you oh, give me a pencil to draw anything. I can't, but I can do a, a wax carving of a face, detail, everything. It looks just like the picture. And so uh, right away I fell in love with Crown and Bridge because of the waxing. And, you know, the rest is history. Once I, I, I saw how this worked, I was like, wow, this is really great. <laughs> yeah. Not a semester into it. Oh, really? Just a semester? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because the first semester, it's a little bit of everything and you're pouring up a lot of models and See, it's when they first teach you to wax, and then they tell you these are gold crowns. You're, you know, like your your mind, your brain cannot figure out. Okay, how's this wax going to turn into gold? Mm -hmm. yeah. well, but when we got to casting and investments and molds, and, and like, oh wait, this is way cool. So yeah, I really liked it. Was Emacs around then, or Empress, or any of those, or was it all PFM? Not in gold? school. Yeah, not not in, in school. school. No, but when I got my, uh, I got my first job in Davenport, Iowa, and I was there for a little over a couple of years. And then I found a job in Omaha. When I moved to, to Omaha, that's when I, I got to learn Impress at the time. And how much did, did you take to that? Was it easy to do or? Yeah, yeah. It, it, for me, it was easy. Anything that involved waxing is... is yeah, I was going to say, at that time, you were waxing yep, and then exactly. dressing. And yeah, so I could see where that would marry up. Yeah, I moved to Omaha in order to learn porcelain because I all I did in Davenport was gold crowns. That's that was my job, and I worked for one of the toughest humans back then. I think his nickname was actually the Monster. Oh, jeez, uh, it really was. The UPS guy would walk in and go like, "The Monster's here," because he was terrified to come into the lab if Bob was there. <laughs> Bob taught me a lot. I knew everything about Crown and Bridge uh, right away, and that's all I did. But when I uh, first went to my job interview in Davenport I waxed the crown and I was so proud of it you know I'm like I got this job yeah, yeah. you know and I go show it to Bob and Bob crushed it he oh, crushed it I've heard of that before yeah he crushed my wax up and he goes this looks like poop I mean no he didn't say poop yeah sure know. he said it he said oh I didn't know if I could say that <laughs> yes please he, oh yeah, yeah he crushed it he crushed it and he, he said this this looks like shit. I'll give you one more chance to go wax another one of course now I'm completely crushed just like my crown that he just yeah. <laughs> and i waxed another one and he he's like oh, what what are they teaching you in school you kids this is awful and i was ready to walk and i was like hell with this and i stand up like you know what whatever and he's like where are you going I said, yeah, obviously you're not going to give me the job after what you just did and he goes no no i think i can work with you <laughs> and so he said for 30 days you work here for 30 days and at the end of the 30 days i'll tell you if you have a job or not and so I lived in Cedar Rapids, Iowa at the time, and this job is in Davenport. It's hour and a half each way. Oh, and so for 30 days, I'm driving back and forth from Cedar Rapids to Davenport. And, and on the 30th day, he takes me in the office. He goes, kid, I got to tell you something. When I crushed your wax up, that was a good wax up, but I wanted <laughs> you to try harder. And he goes, what you've done in 30 days, I'm very impressed. You're gonna, you go ahead and move. You have a job. Wow. That's a great story. Yeah. He crushed me just to make me try harder apparently yeah. so he was he was totally old school again i sounds like that. he's a lot like your dad oh yes i know that's yeah. that you know it can't possibly be more accurate he really was just like <laughs> yeah 
Yep. Yeah. Harder, harder, harder. Exactly. Nothing was ever good enough. Nothing. Yep. I mean, you know, and the crowns I was doing. Oh, and on my uh, when he gave me the job after 30 days, he's like eight and eight. Otherwise, you're fired. And I'm looking at him. I go, I don't even know what that means. We said, what's eight and eight mean? And he says, you wax eight, you finish eight. You, basically, you send eight gold crowns out the door every day. Otherwise, you're fired. Huh. And, I, and I said, OK, so that was my bottom line is I couldn't do less than eight and eight. And that's pretty fair. I mean, eight eight units. So you had to wax them and then you'd cast them and finish them all in one day? Or did you do like cycle? Uh, yeah, cycle. What, as yeah. long as on Friday, we averaged 40 okay. crowns a week. That's, that's all he cool. cared about. Mm-hmm. How and big was this lab? Was it just you and him? Or No, no, no. It was, um, well, if you count removable, it was probably... 15, 20 people. Oh, wow. Decent sized lab at the time. Oh, yeah. It was a good sized lab. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it was on Davenport, so it's border with Illinois. And there are a lot of gold work back then. Of course, back then, just time wise, you know, 25, 27 years ago, it was just, I mean, I had more gold than I could handle. And there was gold every day. So I'd just go in, wax. One day he wanted me to just wax. He goes, you know, kid, actually, you know, he's the one that gave me the nickname Ace. Really? Uh, interesting. Uh, that's another interesting story. Just to show yeah. you what a lunatic he was. <laughs> but yeah, he, he's one day he told me, he goes, I just want you to wax today. And I said, just wax. He goes, yeah. He goes, I want to see how many you can wax. Sealed margins and invested. And at the end of eight hours, it was 34 units. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That was back then. When I started, it was the flame. But when he put an electric waxer in my hand, I mean, things just quadrupled in speed. Wow. Interesting. I've not heard. I mean, I've heard that. But most people, when they went to electric back in those days, I heard horror stories. Well, these are just the old school guys who just don't want to use Yeah. 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 No. No, the flame like is the way to go. Like, no, yeah. the flame is not really the way to go. It's, you know, I've used both. I was lucky. I was on the borderline between, you know, old school and this, what well, at that time was the new school, electric wax. Yeah, <laughs> that was technology back then. I know. You spent $200. <laughs> Whoa, you know, got an electric waxer, huh? <laughs> but yeah, but he gave me the nickname Ace. I pulled off this crazy solder, solder job, a corner of a margin. The guy who was trying to polish it, as there was a new kid who was trying to yeah. learn how to polish. That's how many porcelain bands and gold crowns we had. He oh, yeah. somebody just to polish. Yeah, we had one, too. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's nuts to think about it. And uh, so this guy's using a bench lathe, and we're trying to tell him, like, hey, you know, this thing, if it'll it'll just take the crown from your fingers. <laughs> oh, <sure>. yeah, well. <laughs> Fly across the room. <laughs> right across. And so, anyway, is that's exactly what happened. And uh, the corner of the margin flicked off and that crown was due in an hour and Bob just went a he just <laughs> lost he was throwing chairs and anyway so I said let me try to solder it he goes nobody can solder margins I said well you have nothing to lose let me try it and so I did I soldered it and he looked at it and he goes from now on you're ace and I, <laughs> just give me a nickname anyway so the very next morning, he always came in about... You had 14 solders to do. No, uh, no, 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 no. He came in about 9, 45, 10 o'clock every day. He walked in and I swear, he looked like he didn't sleep a minute the night before. Mm. And it, can, can you swear? Can I swear? Just yes. Swear? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, okay. So he was walking by me and I just I looked up and I said, hey, good morning, Bob. And he goes, go fuck yourself. And I go... <laughs> Okay, so I now I what happened yesterday? I was the ace, yeah. you know? and then he took two steps and he stopped and he turned around and he goes, "Hey, follow me to my office." And I, I didn't know what happened, Uh-oh. so we go into his office and now I'm I'm 
myself. You yeah. Know? yeah. He really was an extremely intimidating person. And we go into his office and he slams the door shut and he walks up to me and I'm talking. His nose is about, I'm, thankfully, I'm about six inches taller than him. <laughs> but, but I mean, if we were the same height, his nose would have been about an inch and a half away from mine. And he goes, listen, in this place, I am the ace. Oh. And I said, that's what this whole thing is about? And he goes, from now on, you're just A. And he went and told everybody that they can only call me A. And that's how for about a year after that, that was everybody only called me A. Wasn't it him that called you Ace? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh, and then wonderful. he was like, no way, I'm the yeah. only Ace. What the exactly. hell did you do? Oh, my exactly. God. He, he did not sleep that night because he just, you know, <laughs> the, the Ace of the lab. <laughs> At that point, he knew that you were better than him, which all well, leaders actually really want to do. But I bet you that was what it was. No, Bob, was when it came to being a technician, of course, Bob, 40-year experience. At that time, I mean, he's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. But I think just the thought that somebody might call me ace. And not him. And not him. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, yeah, it was <laughs> – that's how I got the nickname Ace. It was 1996. It was early on in 1996. And you still use it? Oh, yeah. yeah everybody – yeah, everybody awesome. calls me that. Yeah, Love yeah. It. I can't imagine you—you you left that lab. <laughs> I did. Oh I, wow, I there's a lab. shocker. <laughs> yeah, I know. I left that lab because his daughter and son-in-law hated me, and I hated them right back. I mean, it was a total hate-hate relationship. And at the end, it just got to the point that one of us going to get arrested because I mean, oh wow, are, yeah, we got to hurt each other. Yep, exactly. So what they did, what they used to do, and again, it's his daughter we're talking about here. Were they in the lab? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Was, yeah. Son-in-law was a ceramist, and his daughter just, you know, ran the lab, basically. But suddenly, cases would disappear from my bench, you know. Of course, I didn't know that they were gone, and I just finished the work that was there. And then when the doctor called looking for a case, suddenly it shows up on my bench, so mm. as if I didn't do it. And so when I realized what they were doing, the guy went into the lab one morning before the ceramics showed up. And I went into the ready-to-go porcelain crowns that are ready to go out the door. And I took a heatless stone and I wiped four or five porcelain shoulders. Oh. And I just put them right where they were. So things got really bad and ugly back then. Yeah. We never got physical, but we got in each other's faces. I mean, it was a it was a really bad situation. Yeah. And I wanted to open my own lab. I already knew that. I'm not good with listening to anybody. So I just, I knew that that's, I'm just learning at that lab. There's no way I was going to learn porcelain because of how much him and him and I hate each other. And so I found the job in Omaha. At another lab or you opened up your own? No, no, no. At another lab. I Okay. Basically what happened to me is I moved from bad to worse. Uh-oh. Oh, no. You got to oh, be kidding yeah. me. No, no, I'm not. The guy that I work for in Omaha, he's a retired Air Force dental technician. Mm-hmm. When he says you're going to work eight hours, you're going to work eight hours. So if you're going to leave the lab three minutes before that, you can't because you'll look at the clock and go three minutes left. Oh, jeez. Sounds yeah, like yeah. my dad. Yeah, exactly. And so <laughs> uh, that was about the, the biggest show ever. Is uh, the, the lab is no longer there. Everybody left. And so, yeah, it just, but I, I was able to learn porcelain and Emacs and, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was good. It was a good experience. Yeah. So what, when you went there, somebody actually taught you to layer? Yeah. Uh-huh. There was a, uh, a lady there that ran the porcelain department and she showed me how to do porcelain. I started doing that. And then when they discovered how well I can wax, suddenly I became the waxer for uh-huh. forecast browns. 
And our waxer at the time that did the frames, he did not like to do metal occlusals. So they started putting those on my bench. And then, of course, waxing and Emacs go together. So they gave me all the Emacs to do. And before too long, this guy signed up for uh, a Targus course in Buffalo, Oh, my God. I did that. Yeah, exactly. And so (laughs) he goes four days to Buffalo, ends up in Niagara Falls and doing the sightseeing thing and then came back and this box arrived. And it was all of a sudden all these products. And I I told him, I said, hey, how do you use this stuff? He goes, well, you know, call Nick Book. He will tell you. I'm like, you went to the course. You're supposed to tell me. Because I told him, hey, if. I didn't know I was going to be doing it. He goes, no, no, just you, you can do it. I'm like, I'm already doing a million other things. So I started doing the targets on top of that wow. and polishing gold. And I mean, it just went on and on. They just kept adding things on. Uh, finally, I looked, you know, I'm like, what am I doing all this for what? I think it's 15 bucks an hour back then. And I just had enough and I just left. You just up and left? I did. I started the, my very first year was 1999. I was doing gold crowns in my basement that's how i set up ah, and uh smart. after a full year i managed to save about nine thousand dollars or something like that which i took it all to chicago and spend it all in the midwinter meeting in uh, 2000 i will say it was nice when reading the book and you went to the chicago meeting and it's like yep. yeah yeah i do that too you know? <laughs> yeah you can relate to that all yeah. technicians can relate to that part yeah uh, except when i tell you i spent everything i spend everything i on equipment on equipment and supplies for porcelain. I got porcelain oven, porcelain system, handpiece, you know, things like that. And uh, yep. I remember I was walking in Chicago and I know my boss is there too. So I'm trying to hide. And I come up at that time to the Lincoln Dental Supply Table. Oh, yeah. A guy there named Neil. And uh, he looked at me. And he, looked, he knew I was nervous. So I'm going to keep looking over my shoulder. And he's, Neil says, you okay? I said, yeah, my boss is here and I'm trying to start my own lab. And he just put his finger on his mouth like shh and he goes follow me he takes his book and we go up to his room and he goes all right let me see what you got and he put a list together of everything that i need and send it to you and yeah i was buying from lincoln dental supply for years until they were they got bought out so what he just took a liking to you and said you know what i'm gonna help this dude I think so. Yeah, I think cool. so. I was just, uh, you know, at the time I was uh, 22. So I was <laughs> a kid. I started the, sorry, I was 23. I started the lab when I was 23. Wow. So what did you start with? I mean, just gold crowns, right? So you had just gold crowns, an electric waxer and a casting. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Yep. And a friend of mine gave me a casting machine and a torch, which uh, they're, they're uh, Carlton, who you read about in the yeah. book. So. And that's really all I needed. Uh, my first burnout oven was a solder oven. So you couldn't... A little tiny one? Not the real small one. It's a little bit bigger, but you just... It's on off and it just... The t- temperature starts climbing. So wow. you can't hold the temperature at a certain time. Oh, geez. Or hour. So yeah, I ran a 50-foot extension cord to the shed and I just put the that solder furnace there and I put the ring in it and I would turn it on. And when it gets about... 1050 then i would uh, hit off and it would just let it hang there when it starts the temperature starts to drop i turn it on again so it's off off huh. on on off and keep the temperature there for an hour and then i yeah. cast <laughs> how much miscast did you have none none i had none none not a not one wow maybe that's yeah. the way to do it rather than rely on all the technology and <laughs> it really was and investments back then were there were ones that are specific for gold yeah there was the absolute best investment for gold and it was called the Degavest California 
And of course, that no longer doesn't exist anymore. And that was the absolute best investment you can possibly use for gold. And then they discontinued it of course. later on. They always get rid of the good stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They really did. Yeah. There are so many products that I when found out that you can't get them anymore, you just go into shock. Like, how can I work without this? You know, but then you just find other products that don't work as good. So you started this lab in your basement. How long was it down there? So about a year and a couple of months. Once we started doing porcelain, I asked this girl that I used to work with to come in and do porcelain work. And she agreed to get out of that loony bin, that was the lab that we were working at. Yeah. Then we did uh, my first crown for the account that I was already working for. And he called me over and he's like, hey, uh, bring your and come move into my basement uh, mm. at uh, the dental office. So we became his uh, in-house lab for a few years. So you were in office for a while. I was in office. And that was the best thing that could have possibly happened for me because I thought I you know, did decent work. And then you know, the doctor comes in and he's... He's like, hey, just so you know, it took me about 15 minutes to adjust the contacts, and I couldn't figure out why. And I started going to watch every single crown that we made. I, and I watched, okay, and then I started to see things different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I started to see, why is he grinding? If it's on my model, it's fine. Why is it not going in the mouth? And I started to, I'm kind of a geek when it comes to dental products. I like to know why certain things happen. You know, why did I have a miscast? Sure, why, absolutely. Why, anything. Yeah. And so I tried to uh, start to learn that you can't just mix stone by hand. You have, really have to measure it. You have to go by, ah. and then you start to play with yeah. you know, water and how much liquid, and that changes the fit. And people who just you know mix in a spatula on a bowl and start pouring up, that doesn't work. No, it yeah, really doesn't. Yeah, there's a little bit of chemistry to it for sure. Exactly. So over the years, I think yeah, I, I went full geek on uh, learning every product that I used and trying to figure out what's the best way to use it. Did he have removable technicians in his office or just fixed? No, just two of us. Yep. Interesting. So he didn't have any removable because that's usually what you see in office. Yeah, exactly. No, Nowadays. Nowadays, yeah. Maybe back then. Yeah, his, yeah, his father ran a removable lab in that basement until he passed away. And so there was a small little room down there that uh, we had to turn into a crown and bridge, a two-man crown and bridge room, Jesus. which is, it's just not big enough for two people. Sure, yeah. It was slightly bigger than the room that I started at in, in my basement, you know, a couple of years before that. The room in the basement that I started in was 85 by 92 inches, and that oh included everything. Waxing, finishing. That's like a little bathroom. It is, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly what it was, yeah. It had the rough end of a bathroom, so it was the size of a bathroom for sure. So were you doing just that doctor's work, or were you getting work from outside? The first couple of years, it was just them. Okay. There were three doctors upstairs, and we couldn't keep up. It was ridiculous, yeah. I was, you know, I went from doing a couple of porcelain crowns a day to (laughs) all of a sudden, he's like, oh, yeah, you guys prepped 23 today, and they're doing a week, you know? And that's when the less sleep and less sleep and less sleep, and then it went from getting getting six hours of sleep to five to four to three to staying up for two days trying to keep up and yeah um, there's definitely a running theme in the book of you not sleeping and uh, yep. working a lot which is relatable in the dental lab yep. industry <laughs> totally. i never speak on anybody's behalf but I, I i imagine a lot of 
people will relate to the no sleep dental technicians same story across the world not just this country we just can't keep up and so the deadlines become our worst nightmare and we stay up whatever it takes to get the work done and Mm -hmm. unfortunately that was the wrong way to do it i didn't know i just wanted the money back then i didn't care yeah so how exhausted were you until you finally made the decision that you were out of there and then once you did is that when you opened back up your own lab yeah, I just went and leased a place, and but nothing's changed because it's the same amount of work coming in, you know. And then I tried to hire one more person, and so we went from two to three to four to five. And the most employees I had over the years was nine, and didn't like that. I'm a lot more comfortable with like a six, six, seven people tops. Yeah, it becomes yeah. Just, more I'm HR a, than it does. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a quality freak, and so the number of units at the end of the month, I don't really care about that. I just care that none of them come back for remakes. And so just the stats on the last couple of years is we have less than a half percent remakes. Wow. And we produce anywhere from 450 to 600 crowns a month. I just don't deal with the doctors that are, uh, that need to go back to school and learn. And I don't keep, I don't put up with anybody who's just, that wants me to, no, 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 just trim the dye anyway. No, no, no. Oh yeah. You are going to take a new impression. I'm not playing that game. And that's just, I'm obsessed with the remake numbers because if, Again, I want to know why there's a, re- a remake, and they try to blame it on me, but they just know it, it's not going to go very far. Yeah, I just make sure that we do everything by the book, and yeah, things happen. But unfortunately, there's a lot of a lot of dentists think that they're you know God's gift to earth, and they're not. Mm. I've never encountered one like no, that. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> never. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. So, are you still hand waxing a lot of stuff? No, that we changed over the years. Sure, we do the the milled wax. But I always go over it. I, yeah. I always go over the occlusion and I always whack about a couple of millimeters off the margins and I redo my own margins. And so, but it's just, you know, there's so much to do. And yeah, you could say it, it's, it becomes a PR when you have a <laughs> five, six employees and the doctor's calling you. And worse than before, now they text you. <laughs> oh, um, I know. And, yep. and that's, in the beginning, I used to think that's great. You know, I don't have to come up with jokes or anything <laughs> at the front office girl i don't have to do any of that i don't have to go take him donuts <laughs> yeah. and now i can directly just text the dentist and it that is really not a good thing because you know you're trying to work and ding 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 and you know they're all asking questions i got a text a couple of months ago from a dentist and it started with patient is in chair yeah asking me about something mm-hmm. and i started about this it's a cement process on a leasy crown I'm starting to text and then about a sentence into it, the phone rings and it's him. And I said, hello. And he goes, you took too long. (laughs) Why didn't you just call me in the first place? I mean, imagine him standing next to the patient texting. Why did you just call me? Yeah. They expect the text instantly, instantly. And so, yeah. No, it's, texting is not good. I wish, wish we did, you know, Dennis would stop texting. My favorite is the blurry picture they text you and you're like, you're yeah. doing more harm than good with this thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, especially if it's about a shade. What is this? You know, the ones that we have in office that likes to print them. I'm, what are you printing for? What's 1990? Like, stop printing. Take a picture. Email it to me. Yeah. You know, but they actually send a, a, a printed picture. And, of course, it's folded five, six times. So you got all these lines. <laughs> yeah. What am I supposed to do with that? So true. There's too many things that need to change in dentistry, really. Yeah, It all starts with uh, labs that actually want to improve in life, uniting against the dentist, not, you know, yeah. fighting against each other, undercutting yeah. each other. 
they're all Great. racing down to the bottom and it's unfortunate because there are fewer good labs out there that are taking hits because of those garbage labs yeah i would agree so not to ruin the story but your ace dental lab had a lot of struggle we did uh as it was growing a lot of family issues a lot of money issues i mean it was not a success story right off the bat no it started off as a success story and then it exploded and yeah. then i re- back up so yeah yeah i I mean that had to have been i mean not only just a lot of work but makes you stronger today it was a good thing to happen not to go through but overall just to happen because it really revamped how i'm doing this dental lab thing it made me see things different i started to look at dennis different like wait a minute he needs me i don't need him i'll go get another person Mm. and i started and that was about 2015 when just basically revamped the whole thing and it was you know any doctor who stepped out of line is out gone i realized how good we are in omaha we're the best simple as that and then everybody else can fight for second place and that's how i viewed it is like these guys it's not the right that i do their work it's their privilege that i'm doing that's awesome (laughs) i laid down an f-bomb too i love it and sorry i I feel it now i can feel it your passion Sorry, I'm trying not to swear, but you gave me the green light. No, yeah, have. please. No, no if you know a podcast, you know that I like a good F-bomb. That's for sure. So, no, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, I just started to look at things different, and I didn't care. And it didn't matter who they were. Like, listen, you are replaceable. I'm not. Yeah. So you want me to do your work? I need a new impression, period. Don't argue. Just send it. Now, now it's at a point where I text somebody. I don't ask for a new impression often unless it really needs it. If I can't trim that die, it's just it's not going to happen. And so I just send a text that hey, I need a new impression, such and such patient, and I always get okay, and we're done. So you know when they know that your abilities of delivering a crown that they can seat under ten minutes, then they respect your opinion. Yeah. But if you're a technician who's trying to demand something, and your work is garbage. They're not going to listen to you. So yeah, every great. every year we raise prices and raise prices and they keep paying. And we have other labs that are coming in and undercutting us by $20, $30 for a molar. And it's disgusting. And it's just, you want to go slap them in the face, go, wake up. What is wrong with you? Yeah. You're hurting each other. Yeah. Are you still doing PFMs? They, you know, they still come in once in a while. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> Not a lot though, right? A week, maybe. Yeah. 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 But other than that, it's just use zirconia and for almost everything you know you mix in a few lisi crowns here and there yeah did you but, teach yourself digital design uh i did uh, you know so i got the first lava uh, machine which was the lava form the very first one from 3m in omaha nebraska in 2008 isn't that thing like seventy thousand dollars or it was like 125 yeah it was some yeah. Number. yeah it was really expensive i will tell you we're the only three-man lab in the world that got that machine Wow. I would imagine. <laughs> uh, when that guy came in from 3M to install it, he's looking around the lab. He goes, where are the rest of the employees? I'm like, well, we're all here. <laughs> that was three of us doing, you know, 350 crowns a month. So, you know, it's, it's a lot. It's, wow. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, they installed it. And it was the worst in- investment I've ever. I mean, it was just a stupid decision, inexperienced lab owner. It was a total disaster. Should have never done it. I'm not proud of it. I'm just telling you that I yeah, did sure. it. Yeah, well, sure. I think every lab owner has that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the absolute worst product I've ever bought. I have a machine. Still there? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, well, that thing, uh, 
finally, five years later, six years later, something like that, uh, the motherboard got fried. Mm. And I called them, and I I can't remember exactly what they I think it was $25,000 they wanted for yeah. one. Oh, my God. And at that time, the new mills are about the size of a toaster, and they're about 25000 And so I was like, sure, I'll get one of those. Yeah. So I watched two guys. I put a, <laughs> I put a Craigslist ad, free, come pick it up. <laughs> two guys showed up with a trailer. Trailer looked like it was made for a... 10 foot flat bottom aluminum boat. And I go, this thing's going to hold this machine. This weighs about 1400 pounds. And they're like, Oh yeah, we'll make it happen anyway. So I watched these two clowns put on their trailer and it, it crushed it. Basically. I just closed the door and walked back in. $125,000 box. What were they doing? Being it for scrap or something or I, you know, I, I didn't want any, you don't to do care. <laughs> I wanted that room back. It took an entire room. I imagine. Wow. Yeah. The people who that did these two guys were uh, the scrappers. So they came and they're, they're taking it to somewhere to get, you know, I'm sure they made good money off it. Sure. If it's furry, except that they had to buy a new trailer now. <laughs> they crushed it. <laughs> wow. What made you write the book? Well, I don't think I mentioned the title destined to fail, which is what yep. you said your dad basically told you. That is. Yep. What made you write the book? So what happened since 1993, when I arrived to the States, I never told a soul about my previous life. So when the book came out, October 24th, my best friends that I've known for 25 years didn't know anything about the first 120 pages. Wow. Uh, my kids knew one story, which is the riot story. Yeah. And that's the only thing that I said. I never told anybody about my parents. I never told, nobody knew my father was a diplomat and nothing. I, I just killed that character. And there's a reason for that. About eight years ago, uh, I was playing soccer against, uh, you know, a team and there's a familiar face on it. I played against him many times mm -hmm. and you could tell he's a foreigner, but he spoke perfect English and he didn't speak any other language. So I knew he's first generation something. Yep. And one day after the game, it just happened. I just start talking and, you know, we just started talking. We couldn't stop talking. And he's first generation Iranian. And his name is Scott. And we talked for about an hour and a half. And then we ran into him the following week outdoor. And we played against each other again. And after that game, we talked some more. And he's like, hey, let's go to lunch. I said, all right, let's go to lunch. So we go to lunch. And he starts asking questions. And then he pops the question, hey, what did your dad do? And without thinking, I just told him he's a diplomat. And I told him the whole story. And mm. he just couldn't believe it. And I don't know why I decided to tell him. I didn't really think about it I just did it and i think maybe it was just the right time that i just needed it out sure he's like really and he starts asking me more questions and i answered and but by the second third lunch he's like hey man we have to write a book about this and i said no we we really don't <laughs> <laughs> it's we is it we or me <laughs> oh we he said we and i was like no no we are not writing anything we are i said we are going to keep the lid on this that's what i've been doing for 25 years you know and he says no, 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 no. Anyway, this went on for three years. Him trying to convince you? Yes, to do the book thing. And oh. so after three years, one day he goes, hey, listen, I have an idea. I said, listen, if it's about your stupid book, I don't want to do it. He <laughs> goes, just hear me out. I said, okay. He goes, we write a book. He's English major and his sister is an, an editor writer. And mm -hmm. he said, listen, we write the book. We make two copies. We give one to each of your kid. And I'm like, okay. So that's how he fooled me into doing it. He really hooked me. 
And I said, you know, I like that idea. In my mind, we write a book and I put it away in a safe deposit box. And after I'm dead, they can read it. Uh That's how I thought about it. Yep. And then we started working, me, him, and his sister. Her name is Amelia. And so she's in a different state. And she would send me an email. Of course, I'm working. I can't stop working to type. I I can't type. I type like a chicken pecking. You know, I... I, (laughs) There's no typing is out of the question. So I started <laughs> answering her questions by sending back voice recordings. Mm. But I'm working at high speed running. I got a model trimmer running, you know, and, and so she couldn't understand shit. And I didn't want to talk to her anyway. And it was a total disaster. But three years would go by and we don't even have one chapter down. Mm. And so now six years gone by. And so Amelia, what she did is she put an ad looking for a writer and that's when Stella came on board and so when Stella came on board again I just feel like it was the right time for me to just you know get things out let it all out let it all out so we for two years daily work on top of everything else we're doing with our you know in our lives we were able to finish it and we copyrighted it in May of last year wow and then we found a publisher but not a publisher she's a publishing coach and she told us how to get the you know published and we finally published it on amazon october 24th of last year so it's pretty new okay. it is very new it's very new that's what a lot of people uh, they they think we've been out for years like no it's just three months now and so but it really um took off i i was shocked and you know yesterday i received messages from somebody that read it and it's just they daily they come in and you know they're saying Things like, oh, I, I, I totally like could relate to something in the book. Not necessarily all of it. All of it would be impossible. But yeah, uh, everybody can find something to relate to. And uh, even a friend of mine is like, oh my god, when I read about your divorce, man, I was just like, it remind me of mine. And I wish I would have handled it different. And and, and it just everybody can relate to something. Yeah. And that's how the book got written. It really was not my idea. It, it was all Scott's fault. So. <laughs> yeah. And all you did was provide the audio for the writer to base it off of. Yeah. Again, with Stella, it was different. It was FaceTime. It yeah. was the main uh, the main way that we communicated, but daily, daily FaceTime, emails, texts, uh, pictures. Uh, she's very visual, so she needed to see a lot of the things that are in the book. She, and and the, what I'm lucky is I have all the pictures from all the different time period. And wow. on our website, there are a lot more pictures that are in the book. It's, you know, destined to fail. Oh, I have to check that out because, yeah, you do, there's quite a few pictures in the book. No, there there's 10 times that on the website, and it's it, and they're organized by a time period. And so, you know, the 80s in Sudan, the 90s in the States, and everything. It's Everything has pictures in there. And I'm, like I said, quality is my thing. For me, I was writing this book for my kids. I really couldn't care less who read it. I, in fact, we'll back up just to when Scott suggested that we do this book. And I swear on my kids, the first line that came out of my mouth was, who the f*** is going to read it? Nobody's yeah. going <laughs> to read this. And he's like, you're wrong. A lot of people are going to read it. And I said, you're on crack. There's no way nobody's going to read this. And it's really been mind-blowing that people are actually reading it. And the reviews that are that they're leaving – you know, you could feel that they've read it and they really liked it. And, you know, it's really um, nice. It really is humbling. I, I just don't know how to put it into words. It's just amazing how people just read it and they go a step further to go into our Instagram or Facebook, yeah. send me a message, you know, yeah. and 
and I'm a geek. I look at all the messages, all the oh, reviews. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How old are your kids? So my son is a senior at University of Nebraska-Lincoln. He's 21. And my daughter, is, today is her birthday, and she just turned 19. Are they allowed to read it, or did they read it, or are you making them wait? They read it. They read okay. it. We had a small party here in Omaha. A lot of people showed up, and uh, it's the day that I yeah, handed them their copies, just like we said we were going to do. Aww. So, yeah, it was really, really nice. The pictures of that night is on Facebook, and... I don't know if we put it out on Instagram, but it's on the Facebook page. Your daughter's becoming a dentist, right? My son. Son. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. My son is becoming a dentist, and he just got accepted to a few schools, but he's going to start in August at Creighton Dental nice. School in Nebraska. Yeah. Nice. And, and uh, my daughter's doing marketing. She's a freshman at UNO, which is University of Nebraska, Omaha. Nice. And uh, so, yeah, they're fantastic kids. They're both amazing, and they're they're accomplishing things. And I just wanted to make sure that's, you know, with everything that I've gone through, that they don't go through any of that. And so, you know, they're they're on the right path to success. Yeah, that's great. Something I'm curious about, because in the book, there's a lot of mention of dental lab stuff and, Mm -hmm. you know, terminology. And when you talk to people that don't know our industry, do they Mm -hmm. get it in the book or is it a foreign subject to them? It's a foreign subject. Yeah. But I can explain it. So the problem in, in our world, the dental lab, is that just people don't know about it. They just don't, they think the dentist is does everything, you yeah. know. And every time a patient comes into the lab for a custom shade or whatever it may be, they, they're like, wow, I didn't know this place exists. And I'm just trying to tell everybody who would listen about the dental lab. And so I left the terminology in there on purpose. And People, when they, don't, when they don't understand something, believe me, the very first thing they're going to do is Google it. And, you know, anything that would get the word out about our industry, because we really do need humans that do this. The machines are out there, but not enough people know about us Absolutely. that they will do this. Yeah. We're not in any high school job day or career day. We're not in any yeah. of those. We're not anywhere. It's always just a word of mouth. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. Employees. Great. So true. I think I remember one part in the book where you mentioned hiring the removable department and you said mm-hmm. and in like parentheses, I think you said grandpa's teeth or something. Yeah, grandpa's teeth. Uh, grandpa's <laughs> teeth are, yep, That's removable for you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If we put yeah, we put uh, grandpa's teeth, for example, are removable. Yeah. So, so oh, I was yeah. trying to yeah, you put a denture there, and I'm like, well, what's a denture? Well, yeah. Even my own mom said she's getting a cap, and I, I just... Oh, yeah, I know, God. right? Cap, yeah. <laughs> I hate that word. <laughs> yeah, so do I. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. own mother, for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, I know. So my mom was just telling me something that she may need to get a tooth extracted and then get... And in Arabic, she uses the word rim. And I said, what's a rim? And that's the nickname of a partial. Oh. So it's not just in English. In every language, there's a weird word for something like crowns or partials. or like, yeah, yeah. It's just nobody knows anything about our dentistry. It's 2023, and we're, we're not known. Like a lot of people just don't know what a dental lab is. We need more people to write their story about it that are in the we industry. Need, we need to put the word out to start getting people in. And it is just otherwise, this is just a dying art, and it's unfortunate. But it's it used to be a really good, reputable business. You know, like I remember labs when I did my uh, internship and like you actually see technicians wearing the white coat mm, working. Yeah. Old school. 
and we don't have that we don't have it changed completely with the with the milling machines and the computers and it just became a cash register business and it's just unfortunate because we we really got to try to revive it and bring it back yeah agree well said well when you start doing all those programs on npr talking about your book that's your mm-hmm. platform to bring up the dental lab industry. I always do. I always do. I'm trying to. Yeah. I had a patient who came in. She brought her daughter with her. Uh, this was just a few weeks ago. And, you know, I'm just conversation. I was like, hey, so what are you, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm a senior in high school. What do you want to do? And I was like, yeah, I don't want to go to college was her answer. And I was like, well, let me show you around the yeah. dental lab. <laughs> and I gave her a full tour of the dental lab. And. She was fascinated. So we'll see. Maybe yeah. we brought more technician on board. It's just Something there. Sh- yep. Show her that 3D printer. They love it. Everybody yep. needs to do their part and just bring people in. Yeah. yeah. So Anas, thank you so much. Um, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. I just got to say, I think I started the whole conversation with this, but man, your book, it's just, I started it and I just couldn't stop for two days. Thank you. Thank it's you. a great story. I want to ask you a million questions about it, but I know we need to leave it up to the listener. <laughs> yeah, to read and I it. just ordered it on Amazon. Since oh, thank you. I love <laughs> thank it. You. And I just, if I can just add one thing, yeah, I am going to be in the midwinter meeting in Chicago, and I am going to be at the NOAC table. I'm yeah. Gonna be, oh, nice. Yeah. I'm going to be hanging out with Brandy, my BFF, and yeah. uh, I'm going to be there with a stack of books and. Come on by if you can. I'm going to come by for sure. Yeah, cool. we'll be there. I'm only bringing 50 books with me, but I think that's my weight limit on Southwest. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. Well, yeah. I, I'm a nerd. I got the Kindle version, so I'll have to have you sign my phone or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You buy a copy and then we'll sign that. <laughs> I'm not signing your Kindle, your shirt, or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but the book's called Destined to Fail. Everybody, go check it out. It's like I mentioned, it's on Kindle, Amazon. It's worth a read, and it's got Dental Lab in it. Yes. And that's, the, that's the cool part. It you is. know, not that it the rest is. of the story isn't great, but it's nice to have that connection. You know. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for yeah, having. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for writing the book. It's it's great. And I'm, I'm looking forward. See you in Chicago. See you in Chicago. In Chicago. Yeah. Most definitely. For sure, hundred percent are going to come by for sure. Awesome. awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank Thank you. you. Have a great day. We'll see ya. Bye. Bye. Outside of the podcast, I actually have a real job. I know. It's hard to believe. I get to work directly with dental offices to provide amazing smiles to patients. But don't we all? But I do it with data instead of a handpiece or a mill. I use data that most labs already have, but don't know how to access it or use it. Enter iCortica, I-C-O-R-T-I-C-A. If your lab is already using Magic Touch, great, you're halfway there. If you aren't, then go get Magic Touch just so you can use iCortica. It will be worth it. Let's be honest, access to easy to understand information is the key to any sales or customer service position. Did I mention that they have bar graphs? 
This is exactly what iCortica does for me on a daily basis. Every morning, I wake up to an email showing me the risks and the opportunities across all of the customers. I can then dive in to see specific customer information and look at so much like sales by product, trends by category or restoration. I can see all the notes and I can even see their remake percentage. It allows me to know who I should talk to about what without having to spend hours digging into production software or making a ton of Excel spreadsheets. It's all right there. Every metric I need to be successful. So do yourself and your lab a favor and head over to icortica.com forward slash voices or send Rob Nazelle an email at rob at icortica.com and start understanding your dental offices in a way you never had before. Check out this episode's show notes for all of those links, and we thank you for your support of the podcast, iCortica, and I personally thank you for making my job easier. A huge thanks to Anas for coming on our podcast and telling even more stories that are not in the book. Guys, head over to Amazon and get his book, Destined to Fail. It really is a great story that has a lot of dental laboratory references that only we dental technicians would truly understand. We are really happy that a friend was able to convince you to put it all in writing finally and that your kids loved it. And remember, if you're going to Lab Day Chicago, Anas will be selling and signing copies of his book all day on Saturday at the NOAC booth. So go say hi and get a copy after you see Elvis and I. Of course. And I actually read it on Kindle and ended up buying a physical copy just so he can sign it. I'm excited. Yep. All right, everybody, safe travels, and we will see you in in Chicago. Yes. (laughs) Have a good one. Bye. I was saying bad things about you. (laughs)